The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. badly I, I wanted to see it this weekend and we just, just couldn't make it happen I liked it I saw it last night which is why we are recording on Tuesday instead of Monday and um, I liked it as much if not more than the first one it, you know it had it had the lulls it had some feels uh, and it had rockets so you know it had plenty of explosions and it had five end credit scenes so you guys haven't seen it yet so don't click on that link uh, but there's a, an analysis so when you after you've seen it, come back and click on the link. There's an analysis. Five the, uh, Easter eggs. That feels yeah. like it's excessive. It was. It was fun. It didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't. You know. Didn't. I didn't feel stuck in my seat. You know. Um, any more than I, I was by the uh, the dried up soda. Uh, but uh, it was. Um, I know. I, I. I don't. It didn't feel like too much. I mean, and it wasn't a short movie. It was, it was two hours, I think. Um, so no, I, I, it, it all it all worked really well. Um, and um, I did see it in in 3D, uh, and um, there is something I don't know. Something has changed with 3D. And I don't know if it's how they made this movie or um, how. I know that there has been some uh, innovation in 3D technology at the theater level because um, I know that the new theater. I think Jimmy, you talked about a, um, a, a theater near you too, where they they came in with some uh, Christy fancy digital. New, yeah, Christy digital. Yeah, something, yep. something. Yeah. Um, but it seems to really work to enhance the movie now, and it's not uh, just a, uh, you know it's not just gimmick, gimmicking it up. Um, and um, so I absolutely um, go check it out. I look forward to uh, uh, chatting with you guys. You know, but it's kind of funny. It's like the first one. It's like, do you ever talk about when you talk about uh, the first Guardians movie? Do you ever say to anybody, you know, oh my god, and then this happened, and this happened, or you just say, yeah, it was great. I I, I laughed so hard. That, yeah, is the, he, that is the best example of good filmmaking. When you just yeah, like, yeah, you might reference, great. you might reference one or two things like, oh, this this particular scene was really good. But yeah, you tend to not go. Generally speaking, you tend not to go shot by shot unless it's a Star Wars trailer. Well, it's the it's <laughs> yeah, it's but I mean there there's some cameos <laughs> in there right? like the, yes. the the first one the um, the Howard the Duck cameo. A lot of people talked about that. Right, right, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I think in general. But uh, speaking of. Uh, the uh, Last Jedi uh, trailer uh, that in 3D again they did something and I don't it must be maybe it's the theater I don't know maybe they but it it really worked well um, and there were a couple of scenes and, and uh, uh, Mark will, Mark and I will have talked about this on the next show <laughs> um, that uh, it it really made uh, made the immersion of the trailer um, uh, much better I, I don't think there was any additional uh, I had heard from somebody that there was uh, some uh, some bonus goodness in the um, in the trailer f- 
leading into uh, uh, Guardians 2, but I, I don't, there might have been one short thing of, of Ren uh, that I don't remember seeing in the previous trailer. But anyway, um, it looked fantastic. Totally excited for December and, uh, and that movie. Um, and um, I am Mary Poppins, y'all. Okay, what? Mary. Should I be saying I, good night, Mary, at the end of this uh, episode? You, 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 you may. Well, the, well, you know, there's something about Mary. Um, uh, huh, huh, huh. Very clever. We um, just quick aside. Um, my company, we um, we did the uh, the virtual environments for Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, as well as Star Wars Rogue One, uh, and a few other things that I'm not at liberty to discuss at this time. Uh, a lot of uh, the what's interesting is the LED video screens that I do uh, that I my day job um, mm-hmm. they're using them now instead of uh, instead of lighting so like you know how you would traditionally see like for example you'd be on the bridge of a starship and you'd see a green screen on where the windows are right and then mm-hmm. they kind of key in the, the, the solar system mm-hmm. what they're doing more and more now is they're actually putting LED, high resolution LED video screens there and they're actually shooting video of the star system they're doing that to really be able to capture that light instead of the green screen uh, screen light that you have to try and key out so ah. they're, they're creating virtual environments now um, and they're utilizing LED to do that it's a really cool interesting facet of, um, of what I do and, and I was really excited to, to find out the, the projects that we have worked on as mentioned and the projects that we're working on right now it's pretty cool did they do something for like that for um, oh goodness with the Sandra Bullock movie Sandra Bullock well, space movie Gravity. Gravi- Gravity. Gravity. They, it's funny they, they, that you light sources that. from outside the ship to give it that light. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because Gravity is the first movie to really utilize that, and that was my company that did that. We did that out of London. Ooh, are you in the behind nice. the scenes somewhere? Can we find you in the behind scenes credits or anything like that? <laughs> no, I, I don't get to go to London. I get to sit at a desk all day long and do math. Oh, okay. Can you, um, are, are you like on uh, minute 13 of the credits after the movie? No, I wish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there is there is a giant even a block line. of names. Yeah, no, unfortunately, well, I, no. I will say for the Guardians movie, even the credits were entertaining. They put little uh, little cartoon things in there that that made it um, uh, made it not boring at all. So anyway, yes. check it out. I, it's guys definitely go see it. I think it's very good. Cool. All right, pre-recorded live in our virtual hangar. We are those guys with ships. This oh no. Yeah, today is May 9th, 2947, and you are tuned to episode number 153 of the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. In the immortal words of Abe Vigoda, the wise fish picks its pond carefully. I don't think a fish can pick its pond. The wise ones can. I don't think well, the maybe wise if ones can either. I don't maybe think it's like, swimming upstream. Hmm. Well, then it's not a pond anymore. Never mind. If, mm-hmm. it, if you believe, if you believe... It will come. I believe I could find a pond. There's, I, God, I wish I could. I could have pulled a good Yoda quote. There would have been a good. Because you fail. Wow, that watch was out, horrible. Watch out Thank for those seagulls. That's that's you want if you want to quote Yoda these days. Watch out for those seagulls. Explain, please. Have you not seen this yet? Okay, after the podcast, for those in podcast land, Google the seagull song "Star Wars Bad Lip Reading." It is the oh. funniest. Thing. Oh yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. All right, and one more thing. Uh, Ronald Jenkins, his new album "Roads Deep" is out right meow. Get it for yourself. I did. Uh, it's great office listening to music. If uh, if you're uh, into that sort of thing, I um, don't. And it's also 
Good for the car, too. I don't see a link in the show notes. Will there be a link provided? Um, sure. I just got it off of uh, Amazon, but oh. yeah, I can put I can put a I can put a link in there for you. Fair enough. All righty then, guys. How are we doing? Uh, I am uh, I am very busy, um, too busy, extremely busy, uh, constantly busy. Uh, How very, busy are you? Very busy. But ah. I am making a little time for my general busyness uh, this Friday <laughs> to uh, go and have dinner at a uh, pop-up Star Wars uh, most Isley's Cantina called Scum and Villainy. Ah, cute. Nice. I like it. Yeah, nice. so there's this, I guess it's a... Uh, they travel around. I don't know a whole lot about it, but they, they travel from place to place, and they're in L.A. from, like, April 4th through June 30th, and basically they, they find an establishment, they turn it into Moss Isley's Cantina, and you go and you have drinks and you have dinner and you just hang out. Uh, costumes are encouraged, and I'm excited because I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to kind of do a little, you know, uh, Jedi in hiding between Episode 3 and Episode 4, you know, a little, uh, little, little Han Solo, a little... Uh, you know, a little uh, Luke Skywalker kind of blend hybrid type of thing, and uh, it'll be fun. I nice. uh, heaven forbid if some stormtroopers show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, you know, a little, little Jedi mind trick, you know. I'm not that really cool hipster Jedi that you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will put a link in the show notes uh, to, uh, to the web page. Um, yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, Ace, what's up with you? Uh, more, more D&D. Always, always oh. more D and D. Playing through some Mass Effect, which you'll talk about later. Uh, and then um, my birthday is on the 29th. I turned the big three zero. Yay! Oh. Yay. Ooh, very young. One more step towards the immortal ending. The immortal ending that we all face. No, Stare to the mor- death. Of- your mortal <sighs> coil is. Sloughing off. As yeah, just ever, ever so closer. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's that. That's that's happening. I have to look forward slash dread that. Well, if we don't, twenty ninth. Oh no, we'll talk again before then. So, no, <laughs> no birthday wishes for you yet, sir. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of birthday wishes, how about that Elite Dangerous community event, huh, guys? I don't know. I don't play Elite Dangerous. Do tell. Unfortunately, yeah, I haven't played Elite Dangerous in quite some time. Well, you don't have to play Elite Dangerous, because I don't play it either, uh, to appreciate... <laughs> no, why are we um, talking about it? <laughs> because it's a cool thing that happened. All right, fair uh, enough. Um, the, uh, they had a community event, and it happened a week ago last Saturday, and it was an enormous community event, which took many people many hours to organize, and it had something to do with an NPC named Salome... Uh, and her desperate dash to the inner worlds with special information which needed to be delivered. Uh, now, the community, ahead of time, they separated itself up in up to participate in this event, either as defenders of Salome as she made her flight inward, or as attackers uh, committed to preventing her from making it to her destination. Uh, and so to f- sort of further thicken the stakes, uh, the result of the event is to be written into an Elite Dangerous novel by author uh, Drew Wager. Um, oh, that's that, really cool. Yeah, he actually it's not piloted. Carpishin. Hmm? Is that at least it's not Carpishin. That's a Mass Effect dig. He wrote some of the Mass Effect books, and they were not fantastic. Ah, well, I don't think Wager is what you said. 
Um, I think he uh, he he did he piloted Salome's ship too, so uh, he would get the, that first hand experience about what was uh, going on. Uh, so the um, and I guess this is a, Salome is a notable NPC in the game's lore. So I think in in previous and there's quite a bit of uh, of Elite Dangerous fiction. I think um, I don't know how much of it is official and how much of it is uh, you know. Um, Amateur fan stuff. Uh, my sense is is that most of it is is amateur, but there are some official, officially sanctioned novels, and I believe that uh, Mr. Wager's book is going to be um, uh, one of those. But uh, the event went off, and it ended after only about two hours. Uh, and I guess the deal is is that um, uh, they it took you know literally they were working on this for I, I think months. Uh, so there was a lot of preparation that went into it. For some folks, it ended kind of quickly. Uh, but I think also, to be fair, it's, it was a it was a new thing that they were trying, a new undertaking, and uh, so uh, they didn't really know what happened. So what happened happened, and what happened is Harry Potter of the Smiling Draw- Dog Crew uh, killed Salome, um, and uh, so it will be it will be interesting to learn how Mister uh, Wigger will be uh, representing Harry in the story, what with the uh, the trademarks and whatnot. You know, you pick up a. I think J.K. would have an issue if she were to pick up an Elite Dangerous novel and see that Harry had shot somebody. Uh-huh. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You're a pilot, um, Harry. You're a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and the event was plagued by some technical issues, including client crashes and uh, respawning far away from the action, and uh, by some player character issues, including uh, some calculated betrayals. And just a bit of the old thuggery, um, and it didn't help uh, that the ramp up to the event uh, that uh, uh, several e- uh, Elite Dangerous third-party software providers went on strike uh, just before, uh, just two days before the event. Uh, fortunately, it did get resolved fairly quickly uh, and in time for the event. But it also did uh, serve to highlight, at least at least for me, an interesting vulnerability in Elite's development strategy, because um, I guess. Um, and I've used some of the, when I was playing Elite, I used some of these tools. They would tell you the most profitable trade routes or, or give you pricing information for different systems and what have you, or help you build out a ship. If you wanted to spec out a ship, uh, there would be a website where you could do that. We've talked about, uh, about those websites uh, some before. Um, but it seems as though um, Frontier may be depending upon these sorts of, of, of developer tools uh, a bit too much because um, uh, you know it's gotten to the point where these tools, many people uh, feel them to be essential to playing the game, but there's no there's no official support for them. So um, I'll, there'll be a link in the show notes as uh, that talks about uh, the grievances that these folks had. Uh, but I you know I was um, it just sort of occurred to me that like that's a, that's a pretty big vulnerability. Well, this was um, this has always been, um, and I know it's different, but but in theory, it's the same. This has always been my problem with Arma. You mm-hmm. know, I just want to log in and play a game. I don't want to have to depend on add-ons or, or you know install this and hope it installs properly or depend on this. And it was the same with Eve too. I didn't want to have to depend on on you know spreadsheets. You know, I just want to log in and play a game. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand. And uh, so I, I I think that uh, I. I I have here a little bit later in this. I hope that Turbulent was watching, um, and that, uh, <laughs> and that uh, you know, if uh, if they haven't already planned for for it, they will plan now for solutions and spectrum, which will allow us to um, 
to do these things. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, it probably won't even be Spectrum. Well, I guess I don't understand entirely Spectrum's involvement in, like, the Moby Glass, but I hope this functionality is native to a Star Citizen or to a CIG company. Well, and outside tools, don't get me wrong. I mean, outside tools are fun when they enhance the gameplay or, or you know, keep you to some extent involved in the game when you're not around. Um, you know, like I think tying your Moby Glass to your phone as an app, like a Moby Glass app on your phone would be super mm-hmm. cool. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, being able to track certain stuff on, on a phone app would be super cool. So I, I'm, I'm not down on the whole, like, you know, um, third-party app thing. I just, you know, it, it should never become critical or essential to playing the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it's um, uh, and I, I listened to a couple of other shows which I'll mention here um, uh, in a little bit that talked about this and these are people that play more, obviously more Elite Dangerous than I play, but they play it a lot and they love they love the game. Uh, but it's, um, it's 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 the development style that um, Frontier has adopted, which you could argue has allowed them to have a release version of the game much sooner than other companies like Cloud Imperium uh, does, um, where they're able to put out um, uh, a... I, I don't want to say any, anything, you know... Uh, Disparaging. I mean, I'm not saying that, that they're putting out, you know, a a um, an unfinished product, but that the product they put out is is pretty bare bones in a lot of areas, uh, which is is fine. I mean, it's a sandbox, and um, a, you know, there are a lot of great sandbox games that um, that uh, allow you to uh, the latitude to do what you want, and also uh, punishes you for um, uh, in certain areas if you don't have functionality uh, to support, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so anyway, but back to uh, kind of why this was um, uh, another issue in the event. Um, one of the uh, tools that uh, doesn't exist, and, and it's not even being provided by third-party developers at this point, uh, is some way to tell in-game who your friends are and who, who your friends aren't. Uh, now, perhaps this is uh, just because of the nature of the event. This is only really a concern when the numbers get bigger than what are provided for by the wings or the recently released multi-crew systems. But um, not having it for the event uh, led to some rather draconian player-imposed restrictions to movement within the game, um, which made watching the event as a spectator very difficult. And, and you know, you think of the, you have one of these huge battles, you know, like with the ones we've talked about in Eve. Um, would I like to participate in one of those? Sure, I would love to, but I, I got you know I've got a lot of, of skill development to, to to do before I would be able to make any kind of a meaningful contribution to that battle. Would I like to just be able to hang out and watch it? Absolutely, that would be great to be in there and actually see it happening live in game. That would that would be in, in, uh, incredibly entertaining. So because people didn't have this information about who they could essentially who they could trust and who they couldn't trust. Um, basically, the rule became trust no one, and so it was basically they started out with um, bring your ship in, and I'm, I'm just I'm paraphrasing re- recountings that I've heard. Uh, bring your ship in without weapons, or or it's uh, kill on sight, and that eventually turned into anyone that comes into a system right. kill on sight. Oh, oh, you have no weapons? Excuse me, let me kill you really quick. Right, <laughs> yeah, because that makes for good gameplay. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, all in all, more than three thousand folks participated, and the event did in fact come off, which which is an accomplishment. That's I mean that's not insignificant. Um, some people are not happy with how it came off, but um, uh, 
but you know, uh, but it did come off, and you know, so thereby proving that this sort of event is even possible. And I'm guessing uh, it will happen. Something like it will happen again in the future. So yay for that. But bringing this back to Star Citizen, um, um, like I say, I hope Turbulent is is looking for uh, ways so that we can, because you know, th- the sizes of the servers we're talking about, or the capacities of the servers and the um, the clustering, you know, the thing where they're you know they're throwing around numbers like you know players in the hundreds in um, or even thousands in the same instance or in the same basic, I guess, general area, um, you know. It's going to be really useful in certain situations to know who are your friends and who aren't. You know, especially if you know you've got a, a big, uh, you know, red versus blue uh, battle between thousands of people. You're going to want to know who the other other people of of, uh, of, of your team who they are. Um, so, um, and um, you know, it's uh, let's see. I wanted to mention that Amontillado had had noted. Um, about this event, that it was uh, PvP. Well, I guess I, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here because one of the other issue was that, um, and I mentioned earlier that Harry Potter of uh, Smiling Dog Crew is the one that actually um, um, killed uh, Salome. Uh, one of the issues was that uh, there were some betrayals. So some of the people who um, uh, swore or uh, aligned themselves as uh, her defenders actually turned on her and killed her. Um, so, which you know, some people were, were unhappy about, um, and uh, so Amontillado, uh, he and I were talking about it, and he he said that well, you know, this was this was a PvP event, um, and because I expressed to him some concern about Operation Pitchfork, and he said, uh, you know, this is this was actually a PvP event, and Operation Pitchfork is going to be PVE, but I'm I'm thinking that that might be actually a worse situation um, because oh, where totally. you have every. Everybody's supposed to be allied, so uh, your guard is going to be way down. You know, for anybody that's not Vandal, I suspect. Well, yeah, and friendly fire is uh, going to very quickly turn to uh, you know why you shoot me, bro. <laughs> but the, well, the Vandal like, aren't going to aren't going to care. They're just going to fire on everybody. So it's true. Mass chaos. Um, what? Um, not to get too into the uh, into the weeds, so to speak, on this, but I know with uh, Star Citizen. It takes a fair bit to damage a ship in general. Uh, is Elite Dangerous balanced the same way, or is it is it a fairly quick kill? Ace, you're probably better to speak to that than I am. It can be a very quick kill. Uh, it depends upon the scenario, but, uh, you know, I've been flying... I've, I've, I've had a couple of occasions where I'm flying a ship, and I jump into the wrong area, and I'm, I am 10 seconds into turning around, and my cockpit is already cracking my I'm already venting at Mo and then bam I'm dead I mean it can be depending upon how how long you spend in an area it can be or how how fast you're maneuvering you can get out of most scrapes but if you fly into the jaws of death like that they can come down on you real fast and in a scenario like what you're describing where everybody's guard is down and they're all facing one way if one group decided to just en masse fire on another it could end right. up being where lots of people are killed almost instantaneously. Well, yeah, especially in the chaos, and you don't know who's who's got your back and who doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, but and you know, there's probably not much that can be done about that, or even you know, you could argue should too. You know, it's. Um, I think that it would. Uh, you know, that's that's part of the game. You know, I, I. I mean, I can see that argument. I can also see being you know really upset if you had invested a whole bunch of time and effort into planning this thing out, 
and then the person you've been working side by side with, you know, for the last two months, just turns around and, and puts one in the side of your head. You know, that's that's not fun. No. Yeah. So and but you know, back to uh, to Operation Pitchfork. Uh, Smiling Dog Crew does have an Oregon Star Citizen. So there's that. Um, anyway. Uh, so anyway, first go at it. I, I think it's uh, the event um, uh, was uh, was was uh, successful. Um, uh, I know that the uh, the author has commented that he got what he needed. Oh, and also um, there were uh, there was Salome, and then there were also she had there were a couple of other NPCs that were uh, carrying uh, the same information. So all, only one of those had to make it, and one of them did. So actually, the information did get delivered. So the storyline moves on in that respect. Um, the much beloved hero is tragically killed by a um, by um, the boy a, who lived. Uh, the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, so you know you've got that flavor uh, to add to it too. So I, I think it's um, I, I think it's, it's it's a good thing, and, and it's exciting to see these sorts of uh, these things keep happening. Um, is it as thick as some of the battles we've seen in Eve? I don't think so, but that's just because you know. They measure those battles in Eve by an uh, amount of real dollars lost. Well, um, that in Eve's I, time dilation system means that you can have astronomically more players involved than you can have in most of what we do. Um, I, uh, so, uh, well, 3,000 people in Elite Dangerous, that's that's a lot. Was it that um, 3,000 people? That, okay, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a fair amount. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so... Um, in one instance? One area? You know, I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't, I, I, and I, Please, I don't tell me as as boots on the ground. What was it like? Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. Um, they had this cantina that showed up, and they were playing Star Wars music. It was fantastic. Um, I had a Lando Calrissian muffin. It was delicious. Um, so many questions now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, probably it's a bit of an apples and oranges thing there, but um, uh, you know, because Elite Dangerous doesn't doesn't have doesn't have the meta that Eve does too, but and which you know, for better or for worse. So, anyway, absolutely, for a much better uh, detailed recap by people that were there um, and did participate, um, uh, be sure to check out uh, this week's Guard Frequency podcast. Tony was involved in in uh, in the planning of it and uh, was there for the event itself, so. Um, he can speak with authority. And then also there was a Salome Aftermath special uh, from Lave Radio. Uh, so those that's a, uh, I've talked about them before uh, many times. They are a uh, Elite Dangerous uh, dedicated podcast. Um, and um, uh, they, uh, so they, uh, they know what they're talking about. Uh, so if you're interested uh, in it uh, beyond, uh, beyond what we've shared, then uh, please do go there and check that out. All right, so um, definitely, I want to uh, real quickly here give a shout out to a guy with ships, uh, Mr. Nighthawk Zale. Uh, he was on Citizen of the Citizens of the Stars uh, on May first. Yeah. And should we? Should we? No, or is that just me? Okay. That's just you. You got. You got some. You got some. Like, <laughs> all right. So a Nighthawks a segment is near the top of the show. Um, I do, I will put a um, a, a timed link uh, in the show notes, so definitely go check that out. Uh, he shared all the things to do with Star Citizen. He is up to, including streaming, uh, org building, and um, a Star Citizen themed tabletop card game too. It is called uh, Traverse the Verse, and it's kind of like X Wing, but uh, a little bit a little bit more thought provoking. Uh, that according to uh, to Hawk, and why wouldn't we believe him? 
And it focuses on cards and not ship models, which is way more better for the wallet because them X-Wings, they ain't cheap. Um, so definitely I, I reached out to Zale and congratulated him on his appearance and asked him how we can best support him. And he said to uh, just to check him out on the Twitters. Uh, there he is at NighthawkZale, underscore Zale. And on the Twitches, yeah, you can find him there at twitch.tv twitch slash Nighthawk underscore Zale. Uh, there will be links in the show notes. Uh, please do support your guys making content for all y'all. Just do it! He had done a uh, test run um, of the uh, game at, uh, I believe it was uh, the, if I remember correctly, it was the night before CitizenCon at that particular bar meetup. Um, and it was really oh, cool. Okay. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's a good game, man. It's a good game. And, and it's um, it's put together, it's, it's just it's put together really well. I would recommend anybody checking out, um, checking out. Yeah, I guess it, he's still um, uh, discussing with CIG being able to market it. Uh, he plans to sell it at zero cost. Okay. Or, I mean, at zero profit. Zero right? profit, zero right. Cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, he's just, you know, he's trying, he's working for the community. So you Yeah, know, he's you know. just doing it for the love. Yeah, so that, that's fantastic. Has he uh, made it to any, because he lives in, in your area, doesn't he, Jimmy? He does, yeah. I haven't seen him at any, any of the more recent um, Bar Citizens, uh, but uh, I'm sure that we'll see him soon. Cool. Um, and speaking of Bar Citizens, uh, there was one April 29th in Arlington, Virginia, and our guy with ship Amontillado was on the ground. He says, I uh, had a great time. People were super friendly and inclusive. I wasn't able to get around to chatting with everybody, but there's a goal for the next one. I had a fun conversation, theory crafting about Endeavor gameplay and how that might shake out. Folks in attendance included Hydro Axis, Guahir, Guahir? Guahir, Z-Man, Captain Richard, he's a streamer guy, I think, uh, Not Crispy, that's a good name, Grit Spitter, and Toxic Pig. That's, that's getting a bit close to home there. Um, there were many more, of course, but I'm horrible with names, and it was often hard to hear. Attendees hailed from points Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, to Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm guessing there were somewhere between, somewhere around 30 folks, so that's very cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good to hear that uh, that uh, folks are getting together all around. Uh, now, uh, in uh, Southern California, uh, uh, Wolf is doing one a month. Is that correct, or are they quarterly? Um, I, they're not. I don't think there's any. Um, I believe there is no definitive time frame. Um, I think it's really kind of you know when it makes the most sense. And I, I know that there was. Uh, there were two in the last probably uh, eight weeks, but there isn't anything on the radar right now. One was uh, in Santa Monica. It was kind of official CIG. Uh, and then the other one was uh, more fan-driven, and that was uh, out in uh, Burbank. Both, oh, okay. both, great, both events were great, a lot of fun. Um, you know, There's some familiar faces that are popping up uh, more and more, which is really cool because you kind of look at everybody and go, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Um, so it's it's you know it's it's great, man. It's a lot of fun. I, I absolutely love this community. I really do. Everyone is um, so cool and so invested in the game. And uh, to be able to find people in your community locally that support the game is is even better. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's very cool stuff. All right. Well, um, guys, we last time we didn't get to talking about it. Um, it is the uh, much-awaited production schedule report. Uh, so it, that was the initial re- initial release was three or four weeks ago. 
Um, well, and uh, to, if I may, to be fair, sure. we have started talking about it, but it's so dense that it's probably going to take us a month to get through it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and we, I think we mentioned at the time that we would be, we would likely be talking about it. I believe there was a a Carver Station um, sandwich reference made. Nice. You don't remember that? No. I got nothing. <laughs> I remember because I remember sandwiches. Um, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Wow, that, that's uh-huh. a, a uh-huh. Ace. Ace, uh, you're not old enough to remember that. What? No, oh, I've seen those ads. Those are like from the seventies, aren't they? No, oh, they're, yeah, they're still making them. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess. Besides, it lives on now in in in, in the internet's meme meme memory. That's true. that's true. I, I was not true. old enough to exist during the height of uh, Rick Astley's "Never Gonna Give You Up," but I sure as heck know that song. <laughs> yes, and and you will continue likely to enjoy it for uh, the rest of your life. Mm, if never gonna long. give it up. Never gonna nope. Um. So anyway, the aim date has finally been pushed out. I don't think anyone is surprised, but uh, when they first posted the uh, 3.0 schedule, if they had said then that Release Alive was estimated for July 13th of this year, um, the response that uh, might have been different, um, but that, you know that could be uh, an apples and oranges comparison um, because uh, I, I think that we were we would have been very surprised if the schedule had gone all the way to live without getting pushed at some point. So. Uh, the new date, 7-13, um, and, uh, and the report still contains uh, CIG's projections through the end of 2947, so there is that. Um, and uh, folks, please do read the caveats. Uh, they are important for, um, for having uh, the context about uh, what it is that the information is providing. I think it's, it's an amazing amount of, of good information, um, especially for folks that are, are, are interested in doing uh, that sort of uh, analysis on, of the project. Um, so there's that. Now, um, some folks were calling this when it was first released as a 3.0 light, or even they were calling it 2.7. Um, so, and I guess that we're not getting the full Stanton system as we were expecting. Um, how do we feel about that? Uh, you know, the thing is this. Um, it, again, it goes back to game development. Um, and I know that I can be a bit casual about that stuff. And I know that you know there are people out there that are very passionate about seeing the game fully realized sooner rather than later. Um, but the thing is, it makes sense. You know, um, as far as, you know, maybe it was a bit too ambitious to provide the entirety of the stand system. Basically, what we're going to be seeing is we're going to be seeing uh, Yella, we're going to be seeing uh, Selen, and we're going to be seeing Damar. And those are all moons. Um, mm-hmm. Delmar and the Levitsky landing zone is a goal that they're trying to get into the game. Right. Which may or may not be there. But it makes sense if you kind of break down the way the, the planetary tech is evolving. Uh-huh. It would make sense that, you know, they're trying to get Levitsky, Levitsky and, and Delmar into the game, but they may not quite be there yet. Whereas moons like Yella, Selen, and Damar are going to be a lot easier to put into the game to, to initially release that tech with because they're fairly barren. Right, right, yeah, because that's where they they landed the freelancer, and um, it was it was it was pretty pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah, and and all three of them. I mean, they look great. You know, um, I think there was a video on around the verse that showed a ship flying through uh, Damar. You know, through uh, through the mountain uh, ridges. 
you know, and it looked fantastic. It looked very cool, um, but it is very sparsely populated. All three moons um, don't have any vegetation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, which is interesting because that's what I. But I guess that's um, you know, from a, a rendering perspective, that's going to be a, a more challenging thing to do. Right to to try and do a fully populated planet, um, you know, especially a, a fully habitable, you know very tech oriented with greenery type of planet there the they might not be ready that might not be ready for prime time yet um you know and that's what you're gonna you know that's what you're gonna get hopefully in 3.1 um mm-hmm. but they're at least at the point where they're ready to release the tech they're at least uh, able to get that stuff in engine um you know and out to the public right cool so um you're um you're feeling uh you're not feeling like they're they're you're not feeling any concern about uh, about this being uh, too light of a release or um, uh, going back on what you believe 3.0 should be. Well, you know the thing is, I, I think at this point it's safe to say, and I would I would think we all agree, they have always tried to put more out than what has actually come out in in any given patch. You know, they've always said, mm-hmm. well, the goal is to try and get this done. And then when the actual patch comes out, it's a little bit more, you know, grounded in reality. Um, personally, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with 3.0. I think 3.0 is, is the birth of the actual game proper, right? So, you know, if it's not everything, if, if it's not the full Stanton system, that's fine. But all of the under-the-hood tech will be there. And they'll start iterating from there. For me, like the the game is disjointed right now, right? There, it's not one solid game. You have these different kind of jointed pieces or disjointed pieces that you can go like from your hangar, but then you have to load in, um, you know, to Planet Side. Then you have to load load into uh, Crusader. Uh, Crusader doesn't tie in uh, to anything else, and so. When 3.0 comes out, we're going to start to see the birth of the actual game proper, and we're going to see all of that tech realized. It's going to be very basic, and it's going to, you know, be iterated on through the course of the rest of the year. Um, you know, and I think we had talked about this a while ago, where you know, I personally don't think we're going to see Stanton fully realized until the end of the year. You know, but the fact that, uh, and maybe even it might even be into new, into next year that before we see Stanton fully realized. But mm-hmm. they're moving in that direction, and once Stanton is fully realized, uh, we're going to start to see more and more progress in the game. Um, I love, I've always loved the idea that they scaled back to just building out Stanton first before moving on to other solar systems. I thought it was a smart, uh, smart way to go. You know, build out that sandbox first, get that where it needs to be, start working on things like mining, start working on things like, um, you know, uh, cargo hauling, piracy, uh, bounty hunters, uh, you know, getting that stuff mm-hmm. in in one system makes sense and then expanding beyond that. So, right. you know, yeah, is it is it everything that everybody, including myself, wanted to see in 3.0? No. But it shouldn't really be a surprise, in my opinion. You know, it's just, you know, the fact that we're, you know, I would be more concerned if we weren't going to see planetary tech at all in 3.0. If 3.0 was going to basically be, you know, a 2.7 and and we weren't going to see that big push forward. The fact that we're seeing that big push forward, in my opinion, regardless of how deep it is, is an indication that we are moving forward and we're in the right direction. Ace, do you have any um, uh, concerns about what uh, 3.0 has turned out to be? Um, that's hard to say. Um, personally, I I feel like it's always been a moving target. 
and I've basically stopped having expectations um, at this point. You know, the the it'll it'll come when it comes, and, and you know, I'm 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 watching development from the sidelines, but I'm not uh, actively expecting anything at this point. Um, if it if it's 3.0, I will be surprised. But personally, you know, I have to remind myself these are big, complex systems that they are building, and th- and nobody has done any of this before. Um, mm-hmm. Not to the scale that they're attempting, or to the fidelity, the, uh, Chris Chris Roberts buzzword, uh, <laughs> to the fidelity hold on, hold that on. they are attempting. Uh, I mean. You know, I, I whenever I hear like, oh man, yeah, we'll we'll see Squadron Forty Two, you know, at year X, or I say, you know, I, I sure, yeah, let's go look at the size and complexity and work put into the work on the um, what is it the uh, the what's the big carrier ship Bengal? Yeah, like go watch some of that and and say yes, they're gonna have all of that by when. Like yeah, exactly. when X, and yeah. I go, maybe if they can really pull it out of the hat. But I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'll I'll wait for them to to make it happen. But really, at this point, I'm just hoping that I have uh, that I can play the game in a in a fantastic state before I have my first kid. But until then, no, that's your child will go to college. Or yeah, totally. That's <laughs> and that that's a very that that's kind of where I come from too, or where I'm coming from as well. It's like. You know, I see progress in the game. I, you know, I had gotten a little uh, concerned uh, back. I forget what patch it was, but remember there was that whole kind of six-month span of time where it seemed like progress had really stopped on the game. Um, I think that was before 2.0, maybe? Well, right? we've been through mm-hmm. this before. We've been through yeah, this yeah, cycle. But the community goes through the cycle where it's like patch content. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's so good. It's awesome. And then everybody gets <laughs> done with it, and then there's like doldrums, and people are like, oh, my God. The game is over. It's terrible. We're doomed. The, my face is melting. Uh, and then people go, eh, I guess I guess that's that then. And then CIG releases something, and we're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh. I mean, this is the cycle that we've been well, through. Let me, let me preface that, though. The, there was, you know, we, we are seeing patches every four to six weeks right now. Um, there was a period of time before 2.0 where we were seeing that, but then there seemed to be this kind of lag, and we had talked about this back at that point, um, where there was starting to be a little bit of concern. And you know, it's it, when you go four, five, six months without you know any anything, um, you yeah, know, there's some concern there, you know. And I don't think that that's really been the case since that particular patch. And I do believe that that was 2.0. Um, since then, we've seen steady progress, you know. Um, and they had some you know major blockers that they needed to overcome. Uh, and so I think that you know once they got over that hurdle with 2.0, as they've been you know developing more tools, as they've been getting better and better at developing this process, we're seeing stuff, we're seeing things go from concept to implementation. Um, so I don't really have that concern right now. You know, if if progress on the game completely stopped and we didn't see 3.0 until the end of this year, I would be a little bit worried. Um, but I, that's not going to be the case. I mean, we might not see 3.0 until August. It might get pushed again. Um, but we know it's coming, and, and we know that they've overcome those blockers. It's just a matter of bug fixes and polish, and kind of getting getting what aspects of the release they're comfortable with releasing done and locked and out. Yeah, and, and you know, at this point, I've you know, I'm, I'm playing everything else in the meantime. I put my money into Star Citizen, and I've got my my stable of ships. Uh, at this point, I'm just waiting, and so I don't, you know, aside from from the occasional drama that crops up, I don't 
I don't pretend pretend to be like super in depth with with discussion or uh, uh, analysis. You know, it's like, oh, that's neat. That's that's yeah, that's totally. neat too. I, I like seeing that stuff on ATV. Um, I find that fascinating. ATV has but, gotten um, way better than it has been yeah, in yeah, the past. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I think that some of the stuff that they're showing now, the the uh, especially the the planetary tech, is just absolutely amazing. Um, but I'm kind of the same way, you know. It's like I find that stuff fascinating and interesting. But the, I think the thing for me, the thing that keeps me coming back right now is developing, getting better, getting better and better as a pilot, um, getting better at first person shooting um, in game. But outside of game, the thing that keeps bringing me back right now is lore. You know, um, I'm fascinated by the lore and I absolutely love it. And I know that you know there's great lore from game to game the game, um, I just happen to have latched on to the Star Citizen lore, and I, I think it's fantastic. And so that's the thing that kind of keeps me coming back beyond um, you know where we are in the development cycle of the game. Now I know, well, and the that- nice thing about that is is development of the lore. Um, uh, you, they don't have to system test that, right? No. You, you, just, you just write it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Have you have either of you guys read any of the like the sh- like, I'm, like the short stories that they, that they put out some time ago? Yeah. I've um, I've gone through just about all of them. I've been listening to one of the things I've really enjoyed listening to uh, um, the uh, uh, what is that? The, one of the other one of our sister podcasts uh, that is out there that podcast does. Podcast is a sister. Well, one of the other Star Citizen related <laughs> podcasts. It's Sally. Yes, it's Sally. Sally. <laughs> Sally, exactly. Tales of Ride, Citizens. Sally. Uh, Tales, Tales of Citizens, where they've been discussing the lore episodes, when they've been like talking about each of the stories as they've been come out. It's something I've really enjoyed. Because, those, like you said, those are the things that, that when I'm done uh, having my Aurora shot out from underneath me by pirates, it's like, well, I want to go experience the universe as it breathes, and the lore does that in a way that the game currently can't. There's, um, there's a podcast called Star Citizen Short Stories, um, and it's, uh, it's somebody who is, who's narrated... Um, all of the short stories. Uh, it's a great. It's a great podcast. It's really cool. Um, I would recommend going Ooh, and downloading nice. that and, and listening to the stories. It's a really easy way to um, to get caught up on all of the stories that they wrote early on. Cool, very cool. Well, um, there are. I just wanted to real quick because we're running up against the same problem we did last time. Is there just so much here? It's hard to know uh-huh. how to Think not get enough all time. The, <laughs> not all enough the, time hit all the, the high spots, but there was some new stuff uh, since the uh, uh, in this latest revision that they um, mentioned. I think insurance is, there's going to be a first iteration of insurance um, is going to be, is now scheduled to be included, so that's um, that's going to be interesting. Going to make, um, we'll kind of see, begin to see how that mechanic uh, either works. Well, actually, we'll, we'll see how it doesn't work, because uh, chances of it working right out of the box are, are probably pretty small. Um, and uh, let's see, we're going to get the truck stops, more planets, I think. Or let's see, no, the truck stops and the planets are 3.1 and 3.2, respectively. Uh, so I think now, let's see, I'm not scrolling well. I'd be um, curious to see um, if we're going to get the modular stations on the moons uh, or if we're just going to be able to free land on the moons and just kind of explore them. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the initial release of 3.0, while we'll have the three moons to land on, um, you know, will there be anything to do beyond that? Um, and I know that they've talked about there's also going to be um, a slightly more robust mission system in 3.0 as well. So I'm curious as to see how all of that's going to play out. I would love uh, to see the modular uh, bases on the moons as well. 
Well, I think uh, the Aquila is going to be live, right? The Aquila with the rover and also the um, the dragonflies. So there, I mean, certainly there's going to be plenty oh, of yeah. you just driving around shooting your friends, you know. So is, is uh, it is it Killa or Quila? I thought it was Aquila. Yeah, I thought I, so too. Good, good question. I, I have no idea. Tomato, I tomato. I don't do words. I am not words. Um, all right. Well, let's um, let's. Uh, uh, Call it good at that for the production schedule. Um, uh, it's the first uh, the first push out. Um, hopefully, there won't be too many of them, or there won't be the need for too many of them. Uh, we, of course, are not saying that that uh, there is any issue with them pushing out when they need to, and they warned us that this would happen. So, again, please, uh, folks, do check out the caveats because um, uh, they're giving us a lot of information. They're exposing their internal development processes in a way that I don't know that any other game ever has. Um, it's certainly not a game of this size, and so um, that you know they're they're they are rewarding our trust in them with um, more trust in us. Ooh, how was that? Very um, nice. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll buy into that. All right. Um, and speaking of the ATVs, uh, we had a couple. Um, there was um, uh, Breaking the Game, which they, uh, I guess, uh, focused on uh, on QA stuff. Um, and then Connecting the Universe was the most recent one on uh, May 4th. And did you guys catch the old man Colton porn at the end of the uh, show? <laughs> I, I really did not expect you porn, to use. Yeah, but, uh, uh, sure. I saw the, the video little stinger at the end. Yeah, I feel so uncomfortable using that term. <laughs> um, you were telling us to be careful about our language earlier, and, and here you go, just look up, it up. Look up the word. Look up the word. It has it has multiple meanings. Can I um, can I point something out that you'll never be able to unsee? Yes. Yeah, Mark okay. Hamill has a mustache and a beard or goatee in, in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. All of the little diodes that are on his face, or whatever the things are that are on his face to capture his um, facial expressions, are sitting on top of the mustache. Look at Mark Hamill's in-game character upper lip. Why is it puffy? Ooh. Uh huh. Huh. You'll never be able to unsee that. You're welcome. Why You're welcome, would you everybody. do that? Why would you do that? My immersions. I, I, you know, I. So the question is: Are they going to be adding in facial hair? Or are they going to recognize that his upper lip is a bit puffy and weird-looking and, and correct that? I'm going to say that John Rhys-Davies punched him in the mouth right before that scene was filmed. Sure. Um, so, Ace, um, a, a, com- or a, a, um, a comment on that particular uh, slice of video that I've heard is that the, um, the animations of Mark Hamill are actually better than what is in... Uh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Let's say you. <laughs> that is so low. Excuse me. Uh, no, no. I mean, it wasn't because uh, they fixed it, right? Didn't they fix it? Uh, it's better. Okay, okay. It's better. It. Uh, I mean, see, I, here's the thing. Um, something to point out about about uh, animations and something like Mass Effect Andromeda. Say you're making, you've got a studio that's been told that you're, you know, I you need I need you to make uh, a set piece of music uh, for uh, this scene, and you're given mm-hmm. an eight minute scene. And you're told, all right, here are your resources. Make that for me in two weeks. Uh, okay. And then you go to Studio B and say, all right, I need you to make me uh, music for this scene, 
and I need it in two weeks, and it's an eight-hour film. The difference is, with the eight minutes, you can take time to handcraft and lovingly create and work on um, specialized animations because it's part of a, a coherent or a tightly packed story. For that that eight hour or that two hour scene that you got to create, uh, mm-hmm. that you build a procedural system and you build a, a networked sort of animation system that allows you to sort of apply a, a group of animations to uh, a series of sequences that might share uh, similarities and poses between each other. And that's mm-hmm. in between what we're seeing here in Star Citizen and what you're seeing in Andromeda. Andromeda is that eight-hour epic that you have to do in two weeks versus that eight-minute epic that you do in two weeks. Uh, CIG has the luxury and the and the uh, narrowness when it comes to something like Old Man Colton in that they're only doing just this for that mm-hmm. character. If they had tried to mocap all of the characters in Andromeda, it would have never gotten done. So what I hear you saying is, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I, would, I would also say it's not a fair comparison. But yes. No, no, no. It's, it wasn't intended to be a shot either. I, I, I had thought that, that the, they had... Um, Richard Fingers fixed the problem, but um, apparently... It's better. It's still... it, is, it is much... But part of it is not necessarily animations. Part of it is lighting and shading and textures. Okay. Some of the, okay. the previous textures made um, the characters look sort of bug-eyed and sort of like... Thousand eye, thousand yards stare, uh, mm-hmm. and some of the lighting made things sort of uncanny valley y. It's much better now. Mm. I remember when we used to have to get an uncanny valley e ticket to uh, ride uh, in the haunted mansion. <laughs> wow! I think by the way, that's I think uh, when you mentioned Gardens of the Galaxy, uh, I think that's partly <laughs> partly about that movie. Is that is that special effects work best? when you can cross or you can avoid falling down that uncanny valley. Uh, well, um, there is a scene, I won't spurl it for you, but there is a scene where um, they're flying vigorously, where uh, there are some <laughs> very interesting animations, which I will be um, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing uh, your thoughts with you. Well, hopefully this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, then we had some happy hours. Uh, we had uh, Happy Hour Museum, uh, Armada Academy, and Arena. So this was uh, we joined host Ben Lesnick and Jared Huckabee as they explored the history behind three lesser-known wing command. Wing. I see. I can't say wing commander. Wing commander. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you're stuck saying wing it, but, commander. Uh-huh. Um, games and how their development relates to Star Citizen. So that's very cool. Any uh, either of you guys uh, um, watch or listen to that? I I haven't really um haven't really fallen into happy hour yet. Um and I haven't seen it all, so I can't really say if it's good or bad. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, it, it hasn't captured me and I haven't gravitated towards watching it. Sure. Yet. Sure. It's not for everybody. I mean, Whenever Ben yeah, does his uh holiday streams of the Wing Commander games, I watch those occasionally. Yeah. Because they're they're neat and it's a bit of history, but I don't I don't I'm not like vociferously consuming that material. Yeah, I mean it's like I've never played those games and I I, I probably never will. Um, but I, that it's interesting to hear about them in their historical context and uh, and I like listening to Ben and Disco too. I think they have really good chemistry. So agreed. Uh, you know it's it's you know it's not it's not something that I you know. Um, 
am like going, oh my god, you got to watch this. It's like, hey, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that hour listening to these guys who are obviously friends outside of the uh, outside of the workplace and the game, um, uh, sharing uh, this thing that that they both um, uh, they both enjoy so much. So. Um, and then the most recent uh, happy hour, we did get an interview with Brian Chambers, uh, who is the development director of Foundry 42 Germany. Um, so he sat down with community manager Jared Huckabee to answer your questions, our questions, live. Now, and I guess that the happy hour is about to become a semi-weekly thing. Uh, in the off weeks, I, I, what I heard, and I don't know this for sure, but what I heard is that they're, we're going to be getting streamers playing. And I, I, you know, I really, I really miss the old reverse the verse. Um, I do too. And I get that they, you know, it, it couldn't be that they don't have time to develop content for it because there was no developed content. It was just people hanging out. But I guess you know, as they're ratcheting up the um, the development pipelines, that uh, it's just harder to coordinate having those people in that place all at one time on a regular enough basis to make it work. So. Uh, but I missed the casual. It brought the casual, and I, and I missed that. So there you go. But Ace, speaking of the Mass Effect, I got me a chance to get up close and personal with the... It's not Terra Nova, because Terra Nova's a place, right? Terra Nova is the place, and, and I watched this video. When I saw this in the show notes, I was like, what? So I Googled oh. and YouTubed all over this. Yeah, it, it's. I watched the, the footage. It is Terra Nova, which is a colony in the Mass Effect universe. Okay, so and and the the big ship is the Normandy, right? Well, so you got a couple ships. There's the Normandy. There are some Alliance frigates and destroyers, and then there is, of course, a Reaper. Okay, now what is the uh, what is the thing with the spinny things in its belly? That's the Normandy. Uh, so the big thing that they fly up alongside is called a mass relay, and that is the system oh, okay. that is used to uh, move ships around from system to system in the Mass Effect universe. Uh, oh, and okay. then the the ship that flies in front of the camera that has the mm-hmm. four engines in front of it that the big stirring music played in front of, that's mm-hmm. the Normandy. And then oh, the one that uh, makes okay. that big contralto bass sound that has it's all it's all angry and red. Yeah, that's a Reaper. So Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a, your Mass Effect ABCs for those who don't know. Uh, which, which was me, uh, but I, I I was there. I was at a conference um, over this last weekend, and uh, there was an amusement park right outside my window. So I went there, of course, as one does. And uh, and there he had a ride there. It was called Mass Effect New Earth, and uh, it's at uh, Great America in Santa Clara, California. Um, yay churros! Oh, God, yeah, churros are such the a best. good idea. Before, before, after, immediately afterwards, you're like, oh my God, why? Why did I do? Did you feel? Did did you regret the churro? I I did regret the churro. My wife got food oh. poisoning from um, what was it? Uh, uh, panda Express, and so we have a term now. Ooh. Regret the panda. Regret <laughs> trash panda. Yeah. So, so it's apparently you 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 regret the churro. You, you'll get that later. Um, anyway, it was an immersive 4D holographic journey across the galaxy. So, I mean, you guys have both done Star Tours before, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's like Star Tours, except it's like a cross between Star Tours and A Bug's Life. Have you done the It's A Bug's Life uh, uh-huh. uh, thing That was not a Disneyland? comparison I would have expected to make, but accurate. Yeah, they're, they're a bit extreme, uh, you know, completely different. <laughs> a Bug's Life, sure. Mass Effect. Think of it. Well, it would be perfect. 
It's a hell of one an important one important uh, well actually a couple of, of comparisons to a bug's life uh, the way that the um, the theater is set up is very much like a bug's life uh, uh, you know star tours you're in a like a shuttlecraft that's moving around and everybody's sort of moving up and down together you don't get that in this it's it's everybody's stadium seating but the seats themselves have pneumatics in them that 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 move and also yes smell vision so like when one of those big critters comes at you and you know hisses at you uh, you get shot in the face with smelly stuff I, I did see that uh, Conrad Verner which is a fantastic inside joke that the pilot the the person on stage pilot is named Conrad Verner uh, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a recurring character in the Mass Effect universe is kind of the butt of every joke in that series um, but that he got blasted with a like a, a giant giant uh steam bath basically during yeah, that, during yeah. the show it it smelled like a fart <laughs> sounds lie. reaper farts it's, sounds about right it it smelled like a reaper fart um so yeah there's no possibility of anything like bacteria growing in there at all not at all i mean it was you know you went in and there was the smell of teenager and uh, then you get some <laughs> reaper farts and then they opened the doors and you left so what's not to love uh, so anyway, uh, I don't know if it's I know Ace in your in your researches uh, that uh, you uh, put yourself upon. Did you see that it, it's available anywhere else in the world? Not that I can find, uh, and oh, it just it seems bad. seems so crazy to me that there is just random Mass Effect ride in California. Uh, it, I had never it, it heard of fun. this before. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, it's not very long. It lasted about you know yeah, it's four like four minutes, four or, minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. But it it, uh, it definitely was very cool. Um, uh, there was no Jar Jar to shoot at, so that you know it didn't. It no, didn't I mean it that, is full. It is, I will say this for the rides creators, having watched the the footage, uh, it is chock full of references and is very very, uh, um, I would say, uh, faithful to the Mass Effect universe. Well, good. That's good to hear. Yeah, so anyway, if you're anywhere, uh, if you're visiting Silicon Valley anytime soon uh, and happen to find yourself at uh, Great America, don't miss that ride. Skip the churros, take the ride. All right, so uh, before we get out of here, I do want to mention that uh, Shadow Fox 57, Shadow Fox E57, I always keep forgetting the E on this guy. I don't know why that is. Um, He is recording again. Yes, he has a project in the works and will be recording us again this Friday in Arma. Now, Ace, are you involved in that at all? I'm going to be. Okay, cool. Um, there is a thread on the website, so uh, and it'll be in the show notes uh, as well. So if you play Arma and you want to join in the fun Friday recording the hilarity, uh, check the link in the show notes. Uh, we had a lot of fun a couple weeks back in Grand Theft Auto. Um, uh, we got surseed, <laughs> is all I'll say about that. Ouch. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it, was, uh, <clears throat> it was, it was special. All right, well. Please do go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows happening throughout the week. Go to INN and learn things. It can be found at imperialnews.network. You can reach the podcast. We are comms. We are at comms at versecast.org by the emails on Twitter we are at versecast be sure to use that hashtag TGWS to join our org you still have to go to robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast hopefully that will be moving to Spectrum soon which is robertspaceindustries.com slash spectrum 
slash community slash firstcast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships, and please do be sure to check out our Star Citizen Gaming Community website. It is firstcast.org. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? You can find me most chatty over at Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. Uh, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. and Saturday, 1 p.m., you can catch Quantum Drive on the base radio. Uh, Quantum Drive is on hiatus right now, and guys, I did the math, and I'm very excited. If uh, 3.0 is still on track for July 17th, uh, the show will still be on hiatus, uh, which I'm excited <laughs> about because, aside from playing, um, this past season, season three for Quantum Drive, um, had I basically purposely broke Jackson down, the character. Um, he, he's pretty much lost everything except for one industrial hangar and uh, his herald. That's all he has left, and that industrial hangar is in Stanton. I did that on purpose. So I'm very excited at the fact that I'm what I'm hoping is Quantum Drive Season 4 is going to be based loosely on exploring 3.0, you know, and basically just living in the Stanton system or trying to make a living in the Stanton system. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. Hopefully they stay on track. And in the meantime, uh, you can catch all of Season 3 over the course of the next 13 weeks. uh, And uh, you'll see me from time to time uh, in our Spectrum thread uh, over at the official RSI for those guys with ships. Um, And I'm also in the the online chat for Twitch over at the base radio, too. Um, If I'm around on Thursday nights, I'll be in uh, chatting with everybody. uh, And if I'm not around, the show will still be running. So, cool. Uh, yeah. So definitely, you know, check out anything that you missed from season three. Um, come say hi and uh, look forward to season four. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to explore Stanton together. Ace? Jimmy, have you seen the season four trailer for, for Rebels yet? No. Wait. No, I haven't actually. Because you reminded me of talking about seasons. Go watch it. It's amazing. I'll Uh-oh. have to go Google it, yeah. yeah. Google it. it. It's really Google good. it on the YouTube. In any case, my name is Ace Asmin. You can find my information in the show notes. Um, I am most chatty Kathy here. Uh, also, you know, hit me up in the emails and the the the, uh, the forums. Is uh, good night, Gracie. Uh, I'm gonna go play some Mass Effect because now you've got me all like. And I, I'm just I'm watching that footage, man. It's just, it's just, it's just you just did a thing to me. You have to provide your own fart smells. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yes. I'll just have Ashley blow her, <laughs> blow her like breath in my face when when the Reaper shows up. Be like, ah, there we go. Perfect. Oh my goodness! You didn't say that, did you? I think that he, delicate little flower of a wife of yours. I think he did. <laughs> the door's closed. <laughs> thankfully, she doesn't listen to the podcast. So. Well, and who are we sponsored by this week? Ah, yes. Uh, so this week we are sponsored by. Let's see here. We're going to go with a shadow dragon. Mm, How does that sound? He's a large dragon, chaotic evil. Uh, It's a Mm. dragon trapped in the shadow fell. They they transform into evil, mystical shadow dragons. So there you go. That's a good omen, I suppose. (laughs) Now is not the time to believe in yourself. Believe in me who believes in you. Until next time, then. We are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. This last awkward silence brought to you by Glee and his absurd references. All shall be covered.